0: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com. It is November 19th. We are about one hour from the day that wrestling died one year ago, according to our own Alex Palowski, <laughs> and me to an extent last year. <laughs> this weekend has been a far cry from that. We'll talk all about it. Of course, we have our NXT War Games post-show up on Fightful.com. We have the report card. We have our match ratings. My match ratings for... Survivor Series will be up any minute now on the site, so go check those out as well. I decided to release those a little earlier on pay-per-view nights. Lots to get into. Uh, quick plugs. Head over to Fightful.com for the forums, photos, videos, all the news you could ask for across wrestling, MMA, boxing. we got Fightful Pods. You can follow us on Twitter at Fightful Online. Grab one of our great T-shirts over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful. If you buy a shirt at ProWrestlingTees slash Sean Ross Sapp, uh, through Christmas, I am donating the the profits of that to local toy and coat drives. So go check those out too. I might have a new design up soon. I am joined tonight by Anna Bauert. Anna, you had a new Most Ridiculous Drop. Tell the people about yes. that as we get into the show.
2: Yes, after spending half the night online with technical support. Most Ridiculous is now up, and I've been up since 5.30 this morning. I have not had a lot of sleep, and I've got to go to work after this. But Most Ridiculous is up, and um, in it, there's a, a special little tribute to one Mr. Lord Mayor, President James Ellsworth, represent tonight. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty happy right now, actually. That's
0: a good finish. Also joined by Alex Palowski. Alex, what's up?
3: Um, well, I'm not sure sure how uh, if I agree with how we got there. But, you know, maybe the end justifies the means because now we got Braun at the top spot in the company working with Triple H, which is ridiculous. But I'm celebrating with my uh, Macho Munch t-shirt that just came in the mail on Friday. And I've got my uh, beverage here with uh, Jake the Snake Roberts and Sergeant Slaughter and Roddy Piper. (laughs) which I got at a garage sale. So I'm ready. Let's get in some. Definitely food. like
0: secondhand <laughs> garage sale cups.
3: Oh, I washed it thoroughly, but it's, uh, it, I don't think it doesn't look like it's ever been used, but
0: uh, I, I just want to preface this by saying, guys, the show is six hours long. There's going to be things on this show that we really like and we really dislike. So don't blanket statement, our thoughts on this show that always seems to happen with these really, really long shows. Uh, here are a couple of pre-show and backstage notes. I thought Alexa Bliss and Charlotte were great in their promos backstage, especially Alexa Bliss bringing up her success against the Horsewomen. Shawn Michaels looked really uncomfortable for the duration of the two hours on that pre-show panel. They had Sam Roberts out there, Todd Gilling, and that's an art form that he has not mastered. Not a surprise. We get a really awesome Styles Lesnar video package that we will see later on, and we'll talk about that there. Uh, My only mention was... I don't see, or my only uh, main show note that I put on the pre-show was, I don't know why stakes weren't added to the Raw versus SmackDown 5-on-5 matches, but now that that it's finished, you know, it wouldn't have really fit to add a lot of stakes to it. Also, as I tweeted, Bailey can't take a shit without somebody busting into the bathroom and proposing right next to her while she does it. What is it with this woman, Anna, that just attracts couples to just, Get down on bended knee in front of her. Like, she, they're not proposing to her, but she's got to be there.
2: Um, Unless you have a specific scenario that I don't know about with you and Kara and Bailey. Um, I don't know. Like, she's, she's the hugger and people love love. And oh, that was a touching moment. Not as touching as the final of the show, but it was up there.
0: Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that as it happens. I'm just excited. First match on this show was announced about all 12 minutes before it went on air. Matt Hardy versus Elias. <laughs> all due respect to both of these guys, but I don't know why you couldn't have done a five on five, another five on five match here, like with 205 Live guys, with SmackDown versus Raw guys. With I, I don't give a damn who it is. You could have dragged Demolition out here for all I care. Like, I really just, I, it would have made a lot more sense. The double underhook shoulder breaker won me over for Elias, though. I love how he's adding to his arsenal, but Alex, did this match seemed like really out of nowhere, and it seems like the kind of match we'll probably see on Raw about five
3: more times. Listen, they're like, hey, we got a two-hour pre-show. Maybe we should do more than just the cruiserweight match, since that's good for Mike, you know, 11-minute stops. So, Elias, you want to sing a song for a bit and... Matt Hardy will dust you off and you can come out and do something. And Brizango, you guys haven't had a match in months. Why don't we, like, it feel it felt like it was totally last minute. Um, and the thing for me was, I wouldn't have minded that at all if we had gotten, you know, let's say, um, Rusev versus Matt Hardy or Elias versus Ty Dillinger. Because then they would have been cross-branding and the, the thing would have stayed consistent. Because... As it is, the only one that wasn't consistent with that was the 205 Live Cruiserweight Championship match, which has to be that way. Um, I mean, you you
0: have Owen, Zayn,
3: Ty Dillinger,
0: Jinder Mahal, Rusev, right there. That's five solid guys on SmackDown. Right. And I know, but I kind of see why they didn't want to do it, because that would have made the the scoreboard even. They didn't want the scoreboard to be even towards the end of all this. But you could have thrown in something – like you could have consolidated these two matches, then had yeah. just like a random one on one there as well. I don't get it. I don't get it. Anna, any thoughts on this match? It's fundamentally sound. It's okay.
2: Yeah, I thought it was a great showing from Elias, and Matt sold his broken ass off for him. But my main note for the night was kind of in line with what you guys were saying. It's like WWE has this incredible, unique palette of colors that they can choose from but every painting they decide to paint, they use the same five colors and they had so much potential with the opening with the pre-show. If they didn't want to mess with the scores, you have the UK guys there. You have the two oh five five guys there. They're technically not on either brand. They could have had this huge slobber knocker of a match and it would have been freaking incredible. Like it was cool that these guys got the spot, but it's survivor series and this is kind of the time to do it. Um, then why don't you?
0: Up next, Enzo Amore defeated Kalisto. I really enjoyed this match. Kalisto is such a weak character that sometimes I forget how good he is in the ring. Like then I'm reminded when he hits like a springboard code red. I'm like, oh yeah, this guy's really, really good. I noticed Kalisto using that cartwheel death valley driver. I think I think you just gotta give that one to Velveteen Dream at this point. You just gotta let him have it. Just let him take it. After last night, either way, these guys both worked their ass off. Enzo escaped by the skin of his teeth, and he's ha- he's got like really good in ring chemistry with almost everybody because he keeps it basic. He's got a couple of flashy moves that are his go to, and he sells his ass off. Like that's it. He keeps it real basic. Doesn't do anything like out of his out of his reach. But I like this match, and uh, Enzo winning, I think, was the good the. A good choice, uh, Anna. What did you think about the decision for Enzo to retain, and the match itself? And and then where does Enzo go from here?
2: Um, well, it was kind of predicted that Enzo was going to win, given Kalisto was brought in just to get past the stipulation that they put in. I was a little disappointed that we didn't see Drew Gulak tonight. That's kind of what's making me want to see Enzo nowadays. Uh, but this was a good match. It was a really cool brawling sprout on the ring apron. I'm really glad that Kaliso didn't completely stack that entrance. Uh, I mean, it was, it'll be interesting to see where they go with this if they continue on with Gulak as being his hype man because, honestly, that is the winning thing at this point um, and it'll be stupid not to keep implementing that. But it's them, so you never know.
0: Alex, your thoughts on this?
3: Um, if Kalisto's going to keep doing the entrance that way, <laughs> they should definitely go back to his... We're <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. just waiting for him to hit, hit the, the <laughs> yeah, entrance like exactly. that.
3: Lucha! Lucha! And he comes in and he lands on his belly <laughs> and then falls forward. He's, he saved <laughs> it very well. He did. Oh, he did. He he's touching a second. That, that had to have been like mortifying... I mean, think about it. He did that in front of like twelve people. Like there was like it's one of those these these two hour kickoff shows. There's there was nobody in that damn arena for Matt Hardy versus Elias Sampson. There were slightly more for this match, and you know for the for the final match pre show there was there were more, but still that place was not full when when they started the first match of the actual card. So, I mean, yeah, this match was fine, and and you're right, uh, Enzo is working really well with all of these guys on uh 205 live you know maybe maybe we finally see mustafa ali or cedric alexander get a title shot it's 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 been this thing's places this this show has been around for a year these guys have been signed for over a year and neither one of those two guys has ever gotten a real legit title shot and that's inexcusable to me so one one of those two guys i hope is next for uh and yes, I hope there's some character
0: over. building behind that too, because I, I don't want to see him have there. They're, I don't care what kind of character building they do with Kalisto. He's it's, it's beyond that at that, that point, like people have got their minds made up about Kalisto at this stage, unless something major happens. And it just didn't that, that return. Well, the debut of Kalisto for the cruiserweight division was so underwhelming. Like it did him in, I think. But at least they were able to get a couple of good matches out of it. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn defeated Brizongo. Kevin Owens really playing up the not wanting to be around thing. (laughs) I'll use these as visually as I can. He and Zayn justify their actions from Tuesday night. This was a paint-by-numbers WWE tag match, just standard stuff. They played the hits until KO and Zayn win Alex uh, I didn't think anything really stood out this was a pretty pretty average yeah, match
3: the match was nothing <clears throat> but yep. before the match the promo from Sammy and Kevin proved to me that they're the only ones with any sense about this whole stupid brand supremacy thing like why are we getting involved in this weird sibling rivalry that's going on you guys Alonzo so bald so, it yeah <laughs>
0: he just walked away from a fight the other day he's like no i'm good it's basketball it's not that serious
3: (laughs) no one's actually gonna throw a punch i'm not getting a technical (laughs) goodbye which honestly was what these guys did and with good reason because the weird you know creepy sibling rivalry thing that's gone way too far between shane and and steph why are you getting involved in that why do you care it it doesn't matter like is because honestly as we saw over the past year, you could wind up from SmackDown to Raw tomorrow, and you're still drawing the paycheck from the same people. Eh. So I like that there are actually, they're actually somebody out there who isn't blinded by brand supremacy, which, by the way, is over starting uh, right now. Nobody cares about it starting right now. Tomorrow, nobody will even mention it. They'll say, like, oh, you lost. But, like, two weeks from now, no one will even think about it. It'll be back on to whatever they're doing on the separate brands. So... Why, why do we pretend like that's the most important thing in the world for a month? However, I will also say I was disappointed that Brizango didn't get to actually do more fun stuff in the ring. Like you got Sammy and Kevin who can no sell all of their shenanigans. Why wasn't Tyler Breeze like all of his various characters from the fashion files in like costumes one on top of the other that he could tear off one and he's something else underneath. Like it could have been a lot of fun. Could because been, that one's would have, have
0: power bombed him in thirty seconds and there wouldn't have been a match.
3: Well, but like he was no selling he even wanted to be there, which is kind of fun. Like once sure. he actually got in the match, then he could destroy everybody. But he could like sit there on the apron and go, Really? I have to fight you you guys, you dweebs. That could have been fun. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I got the feeling when I asked about the, the being sent home thing, and I was mm-hmm. old. Goofing off with, with and when I would pry, I wasn't given a whole lot else. I was like yeah. something. Mm-hmm. So some fudgery is afoot here, I believe. Mm-hmm. Anna, any thoughts on this, this match or the promo that preceded it?
2: I liked it a lot more than you guys did. I I disagree with Alex. I don't think they needed to do all that because that's not what this match was about. They were setting up for the later run in and whatever's going to happen on raw tomorrow night. Um, but I thought there were some really fun spots and heel logic has been cleared up. It's just logic. um, this kind of was like, for me, watching your favorite children fight. Um, but we've got lines like, Two optical offenders, did you say something, paper boy? Um, once again, Tyler Breeze is wrestling in cut up bell bottom bell bottoms, and I think that's, that is commendable in itself. And then you had the spot of Kevin Owens with Tyler Breeze in a headlock yelling, I can do this all day. And then Sammy from ringside going, you really can, Kevin, you really can. And that is the kind of love that we should all aspire to, but we know we're not going to get. So I enjoy it. So
0: up next, we had the official start of Survivor Series, the S.H.I.E.L.D. versus New Day. These damn S.H.I.E.L.D. Raw shirts. Oh, man. Like dumbest thing. So bad. Oh, man, they're so bad. But the match is very hard-hitting. <laughs> Biggie early on screams, suck on that sucker," <laughs> which I can appreciate, I guess. I thought it was good that Ambrose teased dirty, dirty Deeds early on. It put a sense of urgency into the match. There was a unicorn stampede that lead, led to a neat comeback by Ambrose. Booker T, who is a great tag team wrestler—we're going to talk about his commentary—accuses the ref of not doing his job during the Unicorn Stampede, despite the legal tags. <laughs> like, it's a completely legal tactic. Now, here's the difference in a Booker T and, like, a David Otunga, who's been in the news lately. Dude. David Otunga is so terrible that it, it brings down the show. Booker T, I I don't want to say terrible. He's so ridiculous that it enhances the show for me. Because nothing that he does, I don't think, like, legitimately buries anybody. Like when he's out there trashing Jason Jordan, like most of the stuff that he says, I'm like, okay, that qualifies as your opinion, type of thing. He's not saying, like, man, Jason Jordan sucks as a wrestler, type of thing. He's just like man, that Jason Jordan got what he deserved. And it's like he was walking to the corner store. He was minding his own business, Booker. He did nothing. But, like, his ridiculousness, like, enhances it. Because, if anything, it takes Michael Cole out of his comfort zone. And that's something that absolutely needs to happen frequently. Anna, your thoughts on Booker T's work behind the mic. And if it's anything less than Hall of Fame worthy in its own, you're wrong. You will have opinionated. I
2: agree. I agree completely. This five-person commentary panel was a shitstorm tonight. And I know a lot of people didn't like Booker in general in this role, but I thought he was the one thing that saved it. It got to the point where... You,
0: I, Jeff, and Alex, unproduced, did a four-person panel last night and it went smoother. Mm Mm-hmm. We're yeah. in literally different countries. Not one of us is in the same time zone. Mm. None of us.
2: It, got it to the point. Sweeter. It got to the point where my network kept cutting out, like bits of audio kept getting missing, and it was actually <laughs> joyful for me. And then people started tweeting at me, yeah, I'm watching it with Spanish commentary. I'm watching it with Japanese commentary. I think some of them speak those languages, but I think half of them just don't and just couldn't stand it.
0: So... If you all want to hear the absolute worst as it pertains to this, I think it's the the Royal Rumble that John Cena came back and won. They had like a six-person booth, and it was just terrible. Like, you'll see John Cena come out, and you'll just hear all the announcers get in their buzzwords. Like, it's so terrible, so bad. So this match picks up big time after a Roman Reigns series. Kofi Kingston gets caught with uh, Ambrose and Rollins finishers, but it's broken up. The crowd then seriously cheered the Shield, getting their triple power bomb broken up, which I can't imagine the WWE expected New Day Rocks chance here, Alex.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, listen. Um, i I gotta say it's the shirts, man. The shirts are so bad. Nobody can cheer for me with that <laughs> bad fashion sense. Like it's <laughs> It's they're so bad. They're like somebody's mom decided. Oh, sweetie, wouldn't it be nice if I if I sewed the two shirts together and then you could be like both things. The regular um, shield shirt's bad enough as it is. Oh yeah, it is. Um, I mean, hey, I was unabashedly rooting, rooting for the new day because I knew they were going to lose. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it, and, and listen, some people just like to watch the world burn. I guess. Right. Well, that's the thing <laughs> is that I I, um, you knew going into this match the shield was going to win. Um, and I expected, and it was true, uh, the New Day were the stars of the match. Like, everyone loves talk about the Shield and how great they were as a team, and they were. But the New Day is consistently a team now and has been for the past few years. And they consistently add new nuances and fun things to their matches Nothing ever stays the same. They have their tried and true spots that they return to, but there's always something new, or they build on something. There was that one a few months ago in the match with the Usos where um, Big E got on Xavier's shoulders, and then he splashed him onto onto a guy. Then they added to that tonight where they had Kofi jump over that, and then Big E did. So they double splashed on Ambrose. Like they're not satisfied with giving you the same match over and over and over again, which. As fun as it is, is basically what the Shield gives you. Um, It used to be. I mean, like, the stuff that they had with with the Wyatts, you know, three, four years ago, that was amazing because it was different every time. But now it's kind of like, we're playing the hits. And I'd rather see the New Day add cool, new, fun stuff every match. So I was rooting for them, even though I knew they were going to lose.
0: Well, they did add cool new stuff. A double midnight hour where Big E had Rollins and Ambrose up, like, I don't know how Vince McMahon isn't just foaming, just solid. Vince McMahon just back there like, oh, yeah, when he sees that. There's also this uh, snake eyes boot where Kofi and Xavier have their boots up and Big E does the snake eyes in that. Then this electric chair leapfrog splash, as best as I can explain it. Mm -hmm. Xavier has Big E up on his shoulders. Then Kofi leapfrogs over. I thought I was done there. I was wrong. He then hit an electric chair on Big E, who landed on one of the members of the Shield. There was a WWE production miss. the ripcord knee to Woods on the outside. Over the past 24 hours, I have been rallying hard against the Zoom. Like, real hard. I want you all to go retweet my pinned tweet. Just seriously, just do it. (laughs) Just do it. I didn't notice it nearly as much tonight, but I did notice it here and there. But otherwise there was nothing like egregiously bad about the production. Maybe if I go back and look for it, I'll see it, but a super shield power bomb gets the win. This was a really, really good match. Even if the refing at the end didn't make sense, like the refs just gotta sit there and be like, Ah, you guys gotta post, so that five second deal, it's not important. Uh, Anna, what did you think of the match? Everybody kind of knew the Shield was going to win. But WWE wrestlers over the past like year, year and a half especially, when the, when the conclusion is foregone, they do a real good job of just making you think there's a little bit of hope.
2: Yeah. A new day of something else. I and mean, that's the difference ultimately between an actual solidified tag team and... I mean, these guys used to be a tag team, but it's been years. And then you get them thrown together. It's just a different mentality, I feel, in terms of booking up the match and, and putting it together. New Day are just next-level creative, and there were so many little things in this, like Big E getting clotheslined by Reigns, and then just the anger taking over him. His face went red. I think it was, it was a Big E that did that. Crazy spear through the middle ropes um, to Ambrose to the ringside. I'm going to go with a yes because you're both yes. listening. Uh huh. Um, and the slide between Ambrose's legs from Kofi and then just nut slide straight into the turnbuckle. I really. I don't. I don't even know. Like, how can they top these guys? it has gotten to the point for me with new day where it's just like, they're kind of up there and the rest of that division on both brands, like Russo's, are up there as well. But in terms of creativity, no one has anything on those guys. Brizango, but they're kind of up there to left of field. Um, I just went right with that. I realized that. And then the final note was Seth showing off that damn shirt at the end of the match. Like that's what helped them win it. Just, just stop, dude. I
0: really enjoyed this match. I enjoyed their their way of like their way of adding some intrigue to it when there there were no real stakes, and and that was the case in a lot of this. Because if you've ever spoken to a WWE writer who was around during the brand extension, they will say about they will talk about how much Vince McMahon values brand supremacy and how that's what's important. That's like even Brandon Howard mentioned it, brand supremacy is the highest accolade in wWE according to Vince McMahon. Unfortunately, to like most people, like it doesn't it's not like that there There aren't these people at least I can't imagine they're watching this show that are saying, "The man, screw raw, <laughs> like not because it's a bad show, but because because Raw can go to hell." I'm just gonna watch SmackDown. Like, I,
3: I only know. watch SmackDown because I root for Team Blue. Yeah. Scroll those guys over on Raw, except if they get Superstar shook up over to mine. Then I mean, maybe I love maybe those some guys. maybe
0: some Crips do it. And if that's the case, I absolutely apologize. But you know, up next, Survivor Series: Team Raw defeated Team SmackDown in the women's match. This was a steaming pile of. Duty, duty. <laughs> Asuka is your sole survivor. I tweeted this out. You could argue that 2017 is the most successful run of Tamina's career as a character and a wrestler, and I had a lot of people going, "It what?" But win's better. Yeah. Like it's not saying much, but win is better. She was been a part of integral storylines. She has been a part of Survivor Series, Money in the Bank. It's really all you can get out of her. And probably tonight was the biggest pop she ever got, ever, facing off with Nia Jax. Becky Lynch gets pinned in a matter of minutes by a sneaky Bailey roll up. Anna, your thoughts?
2: So many people were pissed off on Twitter. They wanted to see Becky Lynch versus Oscar. And. You know whether or not we're going to get that eventually down the line. Whether or not this actually leads to some kind of character development or story development for her, I don't think it will. But it's just like really, I don't care if she's eliminated first, but at least give her a little something. Like I said, if this leads up to something else, then that's completely fine. But it's look at what we're dealing with; it's not going to.
0: Alex, your thoughts on that? That quick elimination.
3: Well, I mean, like just as a whole, uh, a lot of this booking, uh, as far as who eliminated who and in what order, um, felt a lot like somebody in power said to like their four-year-old niece, "Honey, you get to choose who gets eliminated and by who and in what, in like what order." It's like I want that one to eliminate that one, and then that one to eliminate that. It didn't it made no sense? It was just out of the blue. No,
0: just when I saw people complaining about the order that people were eliminated in the main event, I was like, w- "Look at the first one! Like, there's no real rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. They're not burying a bunch of people because of this. somebody's got to go. Bailey goes next, okay." Watching Tamina try to keep up with selling Oscar strikes was sad. Yay. Sad. Uh, You could say that much like the four of us on last night's podcast, Tamina's selling and Asuka's strikes were also not in the same time zone mm-hmm. because it was real bad. The biggest pop of uh, maybe Naya and Tamina's run was them facing off. And I would have had them trade headbutts and not sell a damn one of them. <laughs> you can't, Samoans can't sell headbutts. You reverse sell headbutts. I remember the first time I ever saw that was Ray trailer in like in WCW on WCW Saturday night and he headbutted like Haku or the barbarian or somebody and he he reverse sold it and I was like that's brilliant that's genius <laughs> uh Tamina super kicks Naya twice that sends her outside the ring then once more outside a countout beats Naya Uh, it hasn't been pretty, this aforementioned run of of Tamina's, but I didn't think she would ever be back after her knee injury. So hats off to her for making a run of it. Alicia gets pinned by Naomi, but Alex, she is late to kick out and she was supposed to be submitted
3: here. And the Mm -hmm. rest like, Nope, you're gone. GTFO. Yep. Bye. Yep. (laughs) See you. Bye. Sloppy, 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 sloppy. Sloppy. Uh,
0: the five man announce team and this match like are perfect reflections of one another.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's messy. This, this was bad. This was
0: bad. The, whoever agented this match did a, did a bad job. Carmella gets kicked real hard by Asuka. She gets pinned. Sasha does a bump off of uh, that second turnbuckle, which is almost like a go to spot, these turnbuckle spots for the women. Natalia submits her after. We get Oscar, Tamina, Natalia. Did did this lineup surprise you at all, Anna? This being the last two, because at this point, nobody in their right mind thought Oscar was losing.
2: No, and well, it did actually get to the point where I was like, Tamina is winning this, isn't she? It just was booked that crazily. Um, it finished the way it needed to finish. Still, surprise that Tamina was in the final two for SmackDown. Um, It was just getting there was like, what the hell drugs have you taken when you, when you came up with this? Banks versus Natalia is actually something that I would really love to see as a proper match going forward. But this entire match was just picture perfect of what this women's division has been this past year uh, over, but particularly this past year, it was just cluster F after cluster F and Nothing makes sense, and they don't know what to do with them. So I guess that was in canon in that respect, but come on.
0: Well, Asuka won, and boy, did that match suck. My lowest-rated match on the show. My lowest-rated match of the weekend in WWE. Oh,
3: man, it was bad. This thing was doomed from the time they were like... Hmm, intrigue. Who are we going to choose to be the fifth member of Team Smackdown? We'll wait and find out. Just kidding, it's Natty. Um if that was what you were going to do, you waited until Saturday to do that? Um that was anticlimactic to say the least. Um and, you know, the the, the whole order of things, maybe like fine, someone's got to get eliminated and I think they wanted Becky nowhere near Asuka, when Asuka ran through people, which Probably. Makes, makes sense to me, that the the people who were the Tamina is the brute, so you so getting getting through her means something. Natty's bulletproof; she's always going to be Natty, so Asuka beating her doesn't hurt her either way. Her kicking the head off of Carmella that makes sense too. So all of that is fine, um, but it was just it just felt so sloppy this this whole. Thing And most of, like, the SmackDown girls, like, at the at the five of them sitting up there, I was like, you're all the B-team. Like, the only reason I cared about Carmella was because of her shtick was with Ellsworth and her having the briefcase. Without the briefcase, she's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um And then you have Natty, who's technically a great wrestler, but I don't care about watching. And you have Becky, who is great. And Naomi, who's fun to watch. But Tamina, you no, there's nothing there. I mean, I don't care. Like, so it felt like this should have been like a four-on-one by the end because so many of the women who were on Raw are so much better than women on SmackDown, in my opinion. It just felt wonky trying to get to the point where they needed to be to have Asuka go through the last couple of women on SmackDown. It was bad.
0: Anna, do you think that they get out or that not get out, but they use that rematch clause of Natalia's just for the Starcade show? They maybe say it on SmackDown, hey – the rematch takes place at the Starcade Live event. Yada yada. Go buy your tickets.
2: Probably, but why?
0: I mean, because Stop. Starcade and they're, they're having trouble moving. Or the reason they're doing it is because they wanted to move tickets. So, as we saw yeah, last night, incredible. not everything WWE is selling hot. I've got people asking me about tickets to to SmackDown, and I straight up said, "Well, if I don't get comp tickets, I'll just get them the day of." That right. it never sells out. There's no reason for anybody like to even really. If you don't care where you sit necessarily, yeah. Get them on StubHub, a few hours before when they're rock bottom prices.
3: Um, the I I hope they don't drag this Natty Charlotte program out until the next pay per view on December seventeenth. Like Charlotte should be uh, there. Should be somebody. I want a Charlotte Becky, you know, uh, feud. That comes out of them wanting to respect each other, but Becky just losing it when she can't beat Charlotte. I think that could be a lot of fun, but Natty just needs to be out of this picture now. She just does.
2: They need to bring up some of the NXT women at this point. It's Peyton and Billy. I mean, even by doing that, don't like figure it out.
0: Yeah, Peyton and Billy need to come up, Uh, get to me now. There, that's that's a couple of fresh heels on SmackDown. Baron Corbin defeated The Miz. This match happened. Maurice is <laughs> ringside. Bo Dallas clips Corbin's knee. Works from underneath. Miz works the leg well. Corbin with the end of days. It looked kind of rough. I wondered how The Miz would take it. Baron Corbin cut an "All You People" promo afterwards to remind everybody that he was a heel because he had just worked underneath. <laughs> and any, any notes besides this match did in fact exist, and there are there is proof and records to corroborate that. I think we lost Anna.
3: Alex? Uh, no, I, I'm here, uh, and I, I actually really enjoyed this match. Uh, I I thought it was going to be bad uh, because you have you know the the world's greatest heel I- in the Miz, um, who's over like as a babyface among a, a big portion of the smart crowd, uh, and um, and you have Corbin, who's just an a hole to everyone. So so this was going to be interesting. Um, but, uh, Bo Dallas and Curtis, Curtis Axel, by the way, can we give the guys some credit The the red neck brace, I mean, that was, that was fantastic. Um, uh, but I, I actually really enjoyed, uh, a lot of this and I did love the the post-match promo, if only because it occurred directly over Miz's unconscious body in the middle of the ring. (laughs) So that that to me made me giggle because it was perfectly on brand for Baron Corbin. Uh, Miz is bulletproof. Like if he he could lose ten matches in a row, you know, like these kinds of matches, and he's never he's not going to lose anything because his promo work afterwards can sell you that he's still a threat. And he's got the he's got the guys ringside to back him up. Corbin needs more legitimacy. Like even though he's a champ now, people still chat at him about his damn briefcase because that was a Horrible decision that they made to have to the guys ain't that good. Well, if you, yeah, I guess if you're, if you're just better than it, it
0: goes a long way. Anna, uh, we had lost you there for a minute. Anything to add?
2: I I like Corbin. I know a lot of people don't, but I like him. And I think this—I mean, kudos to both men for building their own heat and feud with social media for this entire match. But Miz actually pointed it out in Corbin's phone promo. He actually managed to pull off his best promo via Twitter, which is true because you see that on Talking Smack. The guy can actually do this. It's just the crap that they keep feeding him to spit out when he's in front of a crowd or when he's actually doing a WWE promo. That's the thing that's killing him. I like this match. I thought it was fun. It was an expected outcome. Um, but it was the kind of match when if they are going to work over a body part, it's sporadic. It's in sporadic blow, blows as opposed to it being the entire focus of the match. I really loved Bo coming in and just punching the back of Corbin's um, knee by the by the apron. And I said this when I saw the mistrage at WWE Sydney, but Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas, they are the MVPs, man. They are so damn good. And that like looks Alex like he need to whole... star
0: in Rush Hour 5 or 4 or whatever's next as a villain. Not, not even a villain, like just a henchman.
2: It's just that jacket, man. That jacket yeah. next levels everything.
0: Damn. Damn. So that match did uh, Baron Corbin won. And like I said, Miz is bulletproof. Usos defeated the bar. This was a paint-by-numbers WWE tag match, which I added a little trademark on on my show notes, since that happens all the time. But then an Uso back body drop on Cesaro into the turnbuckle kind of turns up the heat on it. And things get real right after that. Uso's in full babyface mode. Jay gutted out the sharpshooter, really solidified that. Then Sheamus caught Jay in midair. Set up a really cool assisted white noise that that Cesaro like hit a springboard on. That was really really cool. Then Jay Uso on Cesaro's shoulders somehow manages to Samoan drop Sheamus. That was really cool. Then Byron Saxton unleashes super kick party when the Uso super <laughs> kick everyone. Now now Alex, do you think that's directed to him from the back, or do you think he says that because it's
3: only been him that said it? Well, I mean, I think that's in the parlance of wrestling fans. That's what it is called. You know what I mean? Like every time, it's, I just,
0: it's what Young Bucks trademarked two years ago before oh, WWE ever I, said it.
3: I totally get you, but I don't know if Byron Saxton knows that.
0: Oh, okay. I mean, you know he does. He I mean, that.
3: okay, fine. What, I, what I'm saying is, if I saw what what happened in the ring that he referenced <laughs> happen in any fed all over the world and someone asked me what is that called i would say that's called a super kick party because you know because i know but that but 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 i wouldn't say oh because the young bucks invented that i would say that's what that's called
0: but it would have never been called that had they not
3: sure i understand that i don't know if somebody's telling him hey call it a super kick party kid like i don't know if that's what they're. everybody
0: knows what electricity is but i mean thomas edison didn't just trademark it like two years ago or something
3: right sure sure
0: but that's what we got here this match was real good really hot and the, the crowd was in and out through some of these matches but when it when they needed to be hot they were hot and i think that's pretty good for a, a show full of no real stakes
1: Anna, what did you think about this match?
2: I thought the in-ring was great. They had a few, a lot of really great spots. Um, the final tag of the Usos, and I don't know which one it was, leaping out of the ring and onto Cesaro by ringside was so freaking cool. Jay Uso's elbow knocked Cesaro's mouth guard out of his mouth. Yeah. And then the spot where Sheamus was trying to call for Cesaro to come back onto the apron to tag him in. And he was just dragging Jay to his own corner so he couldn't get to Jimmy on the other side. That was really cool. Um, but this is where, for me, the however, six hours really started to kick in. And it wasn't anything to do with the in-ring or anything to do with these guys. It was to do with the fact that this entire show is built on the one theme or the one story of my brand is better than yours. It's just there wasn't... There wasn't enough there to kind of spark the in-between moments, um, and I think that's a shame for a match like this with these kind of guys. They deserve a lot more.
0: Alex, your thoughts on the match? Anything else?
3: Uh, my 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 match of the night up until this point, like in a walk. Like I'm uh, the the New Day Shield was fun, but to me it was a lot of like the New Day doing a lot of cool new stuff, and the Shield reacting to it. Both of these teams did some great, great work. And, like, I mean, here's the thing. I I keep saying it. I was so anti this Cesaro-Sheamus pairing when they they put it together. And these guys have done so much good work together since they – it's just great. And the Usos, like, here's the thing. They 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 turn heel in the most dastardly way possible, like like intentionally injuring mega baby faces American Alpha, right? Yeah. And and from that point, they've just gotten so much more fun to watch in the ring that everyone started cheering for them because how could you not? They weren't booked to be like the chicken shit heels or <laughs> cheaty guys. They like they just beat you because they were really, really good and they were cocky about it. And why wouldn't they be? Because they could back it up. The fact that they're now they're basically baby faces, but they're still doing the promos of like welcome to the Uso penitentiary, like we've spent time. We no, <laughs> 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 we've spent time in jail, so we know the all the right places to shiv you. Or, you know, there's all kinds of weird imagery with that. Like are they are they prison guards? Because when are those guys ever portrayed as good dudes? You know what I mean? Like it's weird kind of a thing, but I love it. Everything they do is great. Their letterman's jackets they wore to the ring tonight were fire. Like, these guys are fantastic. And the match was so much fun to watch. There were so many fantastic near falls. This was one of the matches that I thought if they were going to pull a swerve and have the team the decide that I didn't think was going to win, win, this was going to be it. So the bar had a bunch of near falls that I totally bought into. Loved this match.
0: I would love to see Usos kind of switch it up, move to Raw with this gimmick whenever they do the superstar shakeup because I don't know what more they can do on SmackDown unless maybe there's KO and Zayn down the line, but who knows how that will go. Cesaro and Sheamus, they are such a contrast of styles for so many teams that they, they, they work so well. Kind of still wish I could have seen The Shield and Usos, maybe, maybe with Roman as like all-time quarterback. Like, back
3: in yard <laughs> what, what, football. What, what would be great is if they had the Usos versus Dean and Seth with Roman as the special guest referee. Oh, God. Oh that God. Be, I didn't notice
0: they they kind of hesitated to attack him during the – or hesitated to strike him during the, the Raw siege. Charlotte defeated Alexa Bliss. I love this match. I thought it was perfect. Both women delivered uh, perfect for what I expected out of them. Alexa Bliss early on slammed Charlotte face first into the floor. Alexa is somewhat limited in her experience and what she can do, but she finds these creative ways to do things differently. And that's, that's one of the things I really ask for out of wrestlers and her strikes look really convincing for somebody who's not been doing this that long. I can't say how impressive that is. Uh, There's a body slam reversal. that looked really good too, where she just held on to, to Charlotte's hair. Um I mentioned this corner spots in w w e over recent years have become a thing like it wasn't a thing more than two years ago, but now people are taking those bumps, they're not landing like on all five points, like bottoms of the feet, bottoms of the hand and the back, all that stuff. You're getting people just landing flat on their back onto uh corners. Alex, how long do you think it is
3: before somebody gets hurt doing that uh soon? Soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, th- there's a lot of stuff that happens happening now with, with bumps that I'm like, there's a there's a on a show like tonight, there are routinely half a dozen bumps that I go, that's not good for that person. That's not that person is that is that's damage you're going to feel when you're 50. From that particular thing that you just did right now. Not cumulatively, that thing that just happened is going to make you hurt when you get up when you're in your 50s.
0: It makes me happy that those kind of bumps weren't as prominent when Edge and Christian were doing those ladder matches because instead of Edge retiring in like 2010, 11, maybe he retires in 2007, 2006, something like that. This match really got cooking. It just a powerbomb into a Hurricane Rana, then a code red that Alexa almost misses, but Charlotte covers for her enough that it still looks good. There's a Charlotte power bomb, a big punch from Alexa. Natural Selection gets two. Missed Moonsault, and the DDT does the same. Outside of using the, the, the corner spot that I mentioned, and the women have been u- overusing the Tower of Doom in recent years as well. I just thought this was really good. A uh, figure eight. Anna, what did you think of the match? What did you think of the performance? Seemed all fun. Seemed like a future WrestleMania match to me, even.
2: Yeah. This is a feud that needs to continue for a very, very long time. Uh, This was up there, if not my favorite match of the night. It was like little sister versus big sister. And this is a kind of family feud that I want to see. No more of this big man stuff, please. Um... There was just so much in terms of in-ring, but then the psychology of it as well. You had, by the end of it, Charlotte out-possuming Alexa Bliss with, it was, yeah, the very last thing that they did. But even up before that, <laughs> Bliss yelling at the ref, he's like, watch the heck? I know! Mm-hmm. And then like breaking down into bubbling, pummeling the heck out of Charlotte when she was in the guillotine submission was freaking cool. Um, bliss punching Charlotte in the nose and she was attempting the figure eight. Just little things like that, which are just, these two are up there for me. And I, I really hope this does continue. If that means one of them has to switch brands, I'm all for that. Please just let this happen. And please don't let creative screw this up.
3: Alex, anything to add? Uh, yeah, we, we need to have these two women on the same brand at some point and get like a good three, four months. Feud and build between them because they're they're great. They're great together. Um, It really is. It does look like little sister, big sister. And it's it's like there's a little stuff like when when Alexa had her in the guillotine and Alexa's face was pained Mm -hmm. from from putting it on. And also like she was tired. And she was like, it was giving her everything to try and to actually beat on this woman who was much bigger than her. And she was begging her to tap out and give up so she could stop having to do this. That All that works and tells the story in the ring. Alexa Bliss has, has improved in the ring so much since she was a throwaway tag team's valet. Like, that's what they, they, they I know they were tag champs, but... Where are those two guys now? Like, they're not. They, yeah. Buddy Murphy should be used, but he's not.
0: At Alexa's but, house is where one of them is. That's
3: true. But um, but what I'm saying is, like, that's what she was. And to think that, that's, that from there, which was not all that long ago, to now, how much she's improved, it's amazing. And uh, I love watching both of these two together. Yeah, find a way to make it happen at Mania. I'll watch.
0: What it comes down to, to me, like, usually delivering in the ring as far as one-on-one matches is concerned that's not the issue. It's the writing for these women and it being more than the school bully thing, the mean girls, as as you all have mentioned. Up next, Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles. I'll just go ahead and throw this out. Like at this point I hadn't seen anybody tweet that this show needed more gender mahal, and I sure as hell didn't see it after the match. Right move to pivot from gender to AJ,
3: Anna? Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, I think yeah. we'll go with that. In hindsight, in hindsight, you have to have to
0: think. <laughs> 2020 hindsight. Right. Knowing, knowing I, what we know now.
3: I was a little iffy on it before the match, but after the yeah. match, I'll grant you.
0: <laughs> you just – man, they're going to lose out on so many of those two-cent India clicks. <laughs> oh, like, it's mm. – Lesnar manhandles AJ early. I love the spot where he dragged Styles across the ring by his hair. Just like it was like Harambe dragging that baby before he got shot. R.I.P. in peace, Harambe. Uh Nobody, I don't, I don't think, has taken a Lesnar belly to belly suplex better than Styles. He does those back bumps where he gets hurled just so well, like like he did in the Ultimate X match like ten years ago, where he takes that like over exaggerated flip bump, and I think it's really cool he sells a German suplex by tumbling and then like tangling himself into himself into the ropes. He's just become one of the best sellers in the history of wrestling. You follow that up with a sick bump outside. The crowd just was going nuts when styles would get any offense. There's like some sloppiness in this match that I found really charming. And, And when it's like, When it's a spot that gets sloppy and they try to go back to it and they try to redo it and all that stuff and you see it, I don't like that. But Lesnar like struggling a little bit off of a moonsault and catching AJ and then stumbling a little bit, I like that. When AJ went for a Tornado DDT and maybe they were like a half a step off but then Brock countered it by just heaving him down to his face, that was disgusting and it looked awesome. I'd never seen it like that before. Alex, we saw the return of the old-school German suplex where AJ takes it on his chest. AJ made Brock look like a million bucks, and Brock got a little tired in this match. It's the longest singles match he's worked in over two years since The Undertaker. Longest or one-on-one match he's worked. But I think AJ took good care of him,
3: Alex. Oh, my God, this match. Man, this is the best match Brock's had in years, and it's because of AJ. Like, AJ AJ can, can, can make anyone look good. He made James Ellsworth look good in matches. And so you put him in, a, in the ring with, with, with Brock Lesnar, like, it's, it's, it's magic. And, yeah, we were joking about it, but picture that amazing uh, video package that they did for AJ versus Brock. Just want to say, I thought
0: it was too. cool that they integrated WCW clips into that from yeah. AJ. That is really cool.
3: That was very cool. Like the whole thing was was masterful. Like the uh, the 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 music they chose, everything. And imagine what they would have had to do to try and sell you on gender versus Brock. Like if that was ever the actual plan, and they were really serious about it. Like imagine how awful. That match would have been compared to the classic. Yes, I say classic that we got tonight. Because this thing yeah. is amazing. Like, it would have been just a little, a chin lock fest with a couple of things. Like, oh, German, German, and I win. <laughs> but, like, this, this was so great. All, of the, all of the offense that, that um, AJ got in was improvised. Like, a lot of his stuff, he couldn't do his normal stuff. Some of his striking wasn't working. He did this amazing, sick, Pele kick to the back of a of a on-all-fours Brock's head. Like, there was really cool, innovative stuff he had to do. The match, to me, always was going to end with phenomenal forearm attempt into caught into F5. But it looked so sloppy when it happened, which made it look so perfect when it happened. Because it felt like a real fight. A lot of this match felt like a real fight, and it was... I'm going to go back and watch it right after we get off this thing. Like this this match blew me away. Both guys so impressed and the fact that this might be the only time we ever see these two in a ring together makes it extra special.
0: I'll finish up the the rundown of the match and get Anna's thoughts. Styles hits a slingshot forearm to the outside. Like as I was doing my notes, I felt like I was just doing play by play because I was glued. I there wasn't anything that I saw and I was like bad. Uh, maybe maybe Brock staying on his back a little too long because I noticed that like AJ was kinda like, roll up, roll up so I don't gotta try to pin you here. But then <laughs> like Styles busted out a lion salt where he stood on the middle rope for like such an extended period of time. If you go back and watch that, it was probably like less than a second, but it felt like an eternity that he held it, then a springboard 450. He applied the calf crusher, and it's straight up been brought up in this feud that leg blocks are a weakness of Brock Lesnar thought that was a great story, almost as good of a story as Lesnar just slamming Styles by the head down into the like it looked so good, a phenomenal forearm got two. Styles got horizontal on this forearm. <laughs> he was like, I just don't care. There are People keep asking me about this rumor that Lesnar got his knee hurt. That's speculation right now. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that yet. Lesnar catches AJ Styles' F5 when they did indicate on commentary, like, oh, maybe Lesnar's knee is hurt, which is where a lot of this came from. Anna, I think this, I, on my on my ratings, which you all can check out at Fightful.com, I gave it an 8.5, which is absurdly high for my rating scale. Are you uh, in the same boat as myself and Alex on this match?
2: Yeah, this is one I'm, I want to go back and watch when I get a chance tonight, because this is particularly where my network kept cutting out. And so I had two screens going to make sure I didn't actually miss anything, but I, it meant that I was seeing stuff 30 seconds ahead and then back and then forward and then back. Um, just on what both of you brought up in terms of the sloppiness of it. This is what, this is something I hear a lot in terms of wrestling matches, and it's something that I don't understand why people have an issue with fights being sloppy. It's a fight, yeah. Like, and especially one like this where it's supposed to look brutal as hell and shoot pretty much. Like you expect that there's gonna be messiness. I just don't well, understand the difference get in being sloppy
0: that. when you catch somebody and then there's like, is it like dropping somebody halfway someone? on a yeah. like body. As
2: yeah, there's a danger of hurting someone as opposed to like, that was slightly off. Mm -hmm. It's a fight. Um, this match was look, I, you all know, I love AJ. I love him. I love his hair. Seeing Lesnar drag that and him across the ring and then just destroying him. It was an awesome match. It was hard to watch in that respect. Um, I just I thought he was going to have a little bit more offense to begin with and then be completely decimated. I did love how they set this up, though. He just completely destroyed and then came back at every single chance he got and he managed to dent the beast. And this, This was beautiful.
0: I just thought this was amazing best match of the weekend and that's saying something because there was a lot of good stuff last night there was a lot of good stuff tonight Brock Lesnar did slow down and that's something that one of our writers David Bixenspan was quick to point out but I mean the guy's 40 he's not going to have the same level of cardio that he had at 25 it's just not going to happen but AJ Styles made sure that he was there every step of the way and being 40 being 40 years old and being Brock Lesnar way different than being 40 years old and being AJ Styles because Their styles are different. Their sizes are different. This was just the right move. WWE made the absolute right call in putting Styles in this match. He gained a lot. I mean, this is a guy who a month ago stepped in for Finn, or stepped in a spot against Finn Balor and made Finn Balor look like a million bucks, and couldn't say enough good things about it. Alex, anything else? Or sorry, sorry, can I
2: just jump in quickly with something? That will probably ruin everyone's night. Um, But I have a feeling that this is the excuse they're going to use to hand the title back to Jinder on SmackDown.
0: Yuck. That is advertised for the SmackDown in like a couple of weeks, Jinder Mahal versus AJ Styles. Maybe like a dark match thing or it may actually happen, but yuck. Yuck, but hey, I mean... As long as it got us out of that gender Brock match, then that's a plus already. Alex, you got anything else on this one?
3: Uh, no, I think I, I think I said everything I needed to say. I, I love I loved this match, loved it. Survivor Series main event.
0: Uh, we told you on Fightful, I think Monday that this would be the main event of the show. They do like almost like a battle of entrances. It seems, and you're not winning that if you got Greg Hamilton on the other side. He's the best. He's incredible. He makes everything seem really important. I think I noticed is that half of these guys haven't wrestled a match on the actual cable show that they're representing since, like, before the summer. Like, Cena hasn't wrestled on SmackDown and I don't know how long, Shane hasn't wrestled on SmackDown, Triple H, and uh, who else we got on there? Angle have not wrestled on Raw. There is, like, a million in a row, and at first it was cool, but every single combination it seemed like they were going to run to. To the point to where I'm like, how many, how many until we've ran through all these? Every single face-off. There's like this extended period of like, oh, look who's in the ring together. It's those two. It's that guy and that guy. Watch out now. And maybe that was their way of gauging interest, but this happened a lot. I saw the hilarious ones of Triple H and Bobby Roode where they, they photoshopped their heads on the Spider-Men pointing at each other, which was fantastic. That's one of my favorite memes ever now. Uh, there's a good spot where Balor too sweets Nakamura's forehead, but that is completely negated and ruined by Michael Cole like 700 times referring to Shinsuke as Shin. Here's Shin. I hope that he starts calling Braun Strowman bra. Like that's, <laughs> that's what I want out of this. Uh, Nakamura gets beaten first by Braun. There was a lot of uproar over this. Anna, do you see an issue here? It, there were, it was mainly the newer guys on the shows who got put out first with the exception. Braun's fairly new compared to some of these guys who have been around since the friggin' Revolutionary War, but.
2: No, I mean, it's, it's like we said before, someone has to be eliminated first. And it wasn't Becky's situation where he was out within a couple of minutes. They gave him a, a bit of a showing and it's, you know, he is one of the new guys. And if they really wanted to justify it, they could be like, well, this is their first Survivor Series. They're facing off against opponents they've never faced off against, all that kind of stuff. They're not going to justify it, but you could.
0: There are, there are 10 future WWE Hall of Famers in here. All of them are going to go in in some capacity. Even the Bobby Roods of the world are going to be in there. Uh, let, What what do we have next? And I said that I'm glad Nakamura got eliminated first, just so we didn't have to hear Cole call him that all night. Mm-hmm. Rude gone shortly after. Then Cena and Orton get help from Shane Roode and Nakamura in putting Braun through the announce table. I thought this initially was going to write Braun off. I thought they were going to count him out. Alex, we had speculated on these shows before. We thought if Braun was getting eliminated, it was going to be something like this or the monster's a moron out.
3: Yeah. Um, I-, I was shocked that Kane was not the demise of Braun. Not really, but like Ooh, he would yeah. attack, he would come from under the ring or something and, and, and attack Braun and Braun would beat him up all the way into the back and get counted out. Uh, so thankful that did not happen. Um uh yeah this uh, thank god I was like oh please tell me when they put him to the table I was like please tell me he's not the legal man to can it out he wasn't the legal man I had no idea who the legal man was at this point <laughs> because who knows who the legal man is does it matter who the legal man is um one thing I wanted before we get too far away from it uh, there was a quote from Byron Saxon when um when Shinsuke Nakamura and Finn Balor were in the ring he said they were the biggest stars ever to make names for themselves in Japan because that is the thing that is true of those two men, objectively, apparently. Uh, the, the face-off things, I wasn't I, – I, there were some th- – like the Shinsuke versus uh, Triple H was legitimately pretty cool. Come on. I'll, I'll never get tired of that. But like, oh, look, it's, it's Bobby Roode. and like, okay, like, uh, okay, fine. Like just, just keep to keep this moving, fellas. Um, but by the time that they put Braun through a table, started getting cooking.
0: Yeah, Joe is out next after a Cena AA, but before that, Shane teases jumping off of the the top rope to the outside through the remnants of the table, and Joe jumps up and does this like overhead, almost like a T-bone ish suplex, like. It was a scary bump to have a like an almost fifty year old Shane McMahon taking. I would not have trusted him to do that, to be honest with you. It was horrifying. Then, you have to like, get one in. what is it?
2: You have to get one in like that.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. After Joe goes out, a coup de gras, an Olympic slam eliminates Cena. Cena didn't do a lot in this match, Anna.
2: Super Cena's probably got too much insurance riding on his face at the moment. I'm guessing.
0: He's in a lot of stuff. He's got a new animated movie coming out. He was in daddy's home too, which I saw. It was very funny. He's, he's got a lot going on. So he's gotta, gotta protect the moneymaker, I guess. Orton may be like a survivor series goat from a kayfabe perspective. Like he's always there at the end. And for a while he was winning them all. And I think that should be somebody's deal. Like, they should be like the Survivor Series specialist. And maybe even in years down the road, if like they are a free agent or their contract is coming up, maybe you can play that into Raw or SmackDown vying for their services because Randy Orton's been very good at this traditionally throughout his career. Zane and Owens come out and attack Shane McMahon. They really go into business for themselves, you could say, Anna.
2: Yeah, he was good.
0: <laughs> it was. It was. Shane whips him with a chair. Orton RKO's <laughs> Owens. Alex, you think we don't get to talk to you about a lot of SmackDown stuff. You think that's the direction it goes, uh, Orton and KO? If anybody can make Randy Orton interesting, it might be this
3: guy. Yeah, uh, that's true. I was actually I was, I was thinking that Braun could make Randy Orton interesting because it, an RKO from, from Orton to Braun would be interesting at some point. By writing his obituary? Well, no, I'm saying like, it could, it could be, <laughs> it, that could be interesting. Uh, and Samoa Joe would be an interesting companion. for What Randy kind
0: Orton. of things can Orton get thrown through? What kind <laughs> of things will Orton that's, get thrown through?
3: That's true. <laughs> um, the, Great yeah, job. The, the SmackDown thing, uh, it appears to me that there was – there was I tweeted this out. There was a video that snuck on to WWE's timeline of an interview with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens after they beat Rosango. And at the end of the interview, Stephanie McMahon shows up and says – I really hope my brother starts to appreciate the talent that he has on his brand. And I'm like, these, they, you could easily convince me these two are jumping ship back over to Raw where they could be appreciated by Stephanie McMahon. That's, that's totally a thing, too. Like, this is all really good intrigue. Um, uh, I'm all for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn having a giant place in SmackDown if they're there. And if they're not there, they need a giant place in Raw because they're fantastic together uh, and separately, but even better together.
0: So, Anna, you're, you're on our SmackDown panel. You all can watch that show live after every episode of SmackDown Live. What, what do you think about this direction? Probably Owens and Zayn against Randy Orton or probably Orton and Shane McMahon, which – A little odd considering the history of Orton and the McMahon family, but what do you think about that?
2: I don't mind if they build something here, but ultimately I would love it if it got to the point where Shane fired them and then Steph hires them immediately. And then if they're going to continue on with this sibling thing anyway, at least have some kind of real substance to it like that. And then KO and Sammy are the ones to just come in and, mess up every single thing that Shane touches
0: by the way guys I wanted to thank you this is now our most watched live podcast outside of Wrestlemania ever and that's saying something because last year's end of the wrestling world
3: podcast
0: <laughs> was something to behold, Alex
3: <laughs> it was it was this is the one year anniversary of the end of wrestling as we know it
0: yeah officially now
3: it's, officially it's continued
0: so I don't know where Triple H turns on Kurt Angle and pedigrees him. It looked bad.
3: <laughs> it looked what, bad. What, 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 what was that? <laughs> <The
0: goal. laughs> How did that make any sense? Like this was the most overbooked shit.
3: <laughs> oh god. Oh man. Oh man,
0: was that bad? I, I used the term like running fourteen miles to drive one. That's what they did here. Like what? <laughs> Why? Like, I don't – it did, It just didn't make sense. You got all these guys. You can't write something that just makes sense. Okay, so Triple H is a giant douchebag. Cool. And he looks like Ron Perlman. Okay.
2: <laughs> oh, no.
0: Like, that. that's what we got here. Shane really selling the ankle. Triple H puts Shane on Kurt for the pin. Then he pedigrees. Shane beats him. Uh, okay. Neat, man. Cool. That didn't make any sense. Fortunately, what happened immediately after made a little bit more sense. Braun's like, <laughs> you're confusing me and I don't like it.
3: <laughs> I hate to be confused.
0: <laughs> I had requests from people who who watch The List and you Boy to start doing ad reads and plugs in... <laughs> Ron Strowman's voice because if he is the guy, Anna, he's gonna have to do that from time to time.
2: If he, there is no if about it, he, he, is is he is the guy. And tonight, despite the cluster of a lot of this, it kind of does feel like with both the men and women's elimination matches, they had all these ideas up on a board, jumbled them all up, and then just completely forgot to finish the matches. And then one was overbooked, one was just. Crap everywhere. But this, there was a point in the match where I had a feeling. I had a feeling that it was possibly going to be Triple H, but setting up the Triple H versus Braun. And then it came true. And the greatest thing to ever happen to humankind happened in that very moment. Last year, it was the worst thing to happen to wrestling. This year, it was the greatest thing to ever happen to humankind. And that's an understatement. Um, I'm really looking forward to wherever the hell, whatever the hell that was goes.
0: Your mic keeps hitting, by the way. Alex, yes, it looks like they're full steam ahead on Braun as a guy. I mean, he it seems like he was going to be a guy, but working with Triple H is a ringing endorsement. Now, i I got to ask you, we've seen him say, it's true, it's damn true. We've seen him like nod at Kurt. We've seen him stand next to Roman Reigns and not kill him. How long before he's like, get a better catheter with Liberty Medical? sponsored of Sponsor of WWE Fastlane. Like, it's going to happen, right?
3: Well, I mean, the first thing that's going to happen is he's absolutely playing Santa Claus on the Christmas episode of Raw. Oh, shit. He's absolutely going to come out. I'm not mad at that, though. I'm not Sa- mad at it. Santa Braun is here. I brought presents for everybody. He doesn't
0: open the presents. He smashes them until they open. <laughs> like, yeah, just broken hey, cool little boy. <laughs> train sets and
3: stuff. Have you been a good little boy, Kurt Angle? <laughs> um, okay, this... Okay, the ending was a giant cluster. I think the story they were telling through all of the infighting on Team Raw was that none of these guys were aligned to, to, to each other in any way. That Team Blue was more of a cohesive unit than Team Raw, including a lot of infighting between Triple H and Angle, and that boiled over when Triple H said, I want to be the one to destroy my brother-in-law. You don't get to. And okay, fine. And he used Braun as like a pawn in his game, and Braun not like being pro- pawn, so... There that's why we had the choking thing and then the 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 Triple H went for a pedigree, which n- was never going to work. And, <laughs> never. And, and that was, His arms and don't move that
0: way, Playboy. They don't move that no. way. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Not if he doesn't want them to. Not if he doesn't want them to. So uh so then he power slams him, and does it again, and he leaves. And he's he's he is the most important guy in WWE because the guy who works with Triple H now. By, the fact, by default, in their eyes, he's the know. most important guy. Seth it, Rollins. did.
0: Seth Rollins worked for them.
3: Yeah, but he and they wanted him to be that, but it didn't work. Yeah, but that was because, because this year they, they didn't want that. But, but no, they wanted it to. Work. They, they they felt like they that was the, that was the plan to begin with. Before he blew out his knee, they were always planning to have that thing go, and they were like, "Well, we still have that in our back pocket. Let's run that now." But to me, they they never got Seth Rollins as over as a babyface on his own as Braun is as a babyface right now, like he's everyone loves this dude, like so run with it. I hey, think you gotta have to
0: stick with boy. what brought you to the dance, though. He's got to no. tear stuff up. Yeah, no, he like that's he,
3: the thing. You can't be you can't be a teddy bear. He although that would actually be kind of fun. You but, could you could run that down the line,
0: like maybe he has a soft spot for somebody and he right. and in turn he really screws up somebody for, for disrespecting them. Yeah. But you can't go with that now. You can't do that no. right now.
3: No, I, I love that he that he doesn't like being uh, being used in yeah. a game. You ever cross me again? You gotta never play the game. You've
0: got to give the dude blood in order to get his services. Like yeah. that's what I appreciate about him. Like like I said before, his currency is violence and blood. That's what he cares about. Yeah. Like your cash means nothing to him. Yeah. But if you get him some good O-type blood to shed it somewhere, all right then. He, he's yeah. good to go. Stone Osborne pointed out, Braun has a structured settlement, but he needs cash now. <laughs> it's coming, my friends. You're going to see him.
3: <laughs> it's going to be so good. Um, what the hell was Cena doing in this match? Like he was—he was there for two minutes. He never spoke. Like he—he he just came out in his new in his new shirt. And his dropkick was friggin' hilarious. Oh,
0: hilarious,
3: man. Oh, man. It was just so. Like,
0: overbooked at this and, point, he's trolling. And John yeah. Cena, I like the way you do business.
3: <laughs> I he, like it. He jumped ship from SmackDown to Raw just so he could lose to Roman Reigns, then jumped back. All right, whatever you want, you want to, you know, Cena. All
0: right. Sign or just cash those checks, my dude. That's right. It's been a it's been a pretty big weekend, pretty good weekend. I did a UFC post show last night, an abbreviated one from that Australia show uh also i announced we're going to do a final battle post show for ring of honor in december of course we're going to have a clash of champions post show as well also uh wrestle kingdom i will do a show at about 4 p.m eastern that thursday afternoon give people time to watch it give myself time to watch it but i i have a guest on for that as well i, I believe he's confirmed so uh i'll i'll announce that this week he did on on twitter but i'll uh Double check, make sure we're all good to go. But lots of stuff over at fightful.com. If you all haven't been there before and you just check out the podcasts, we have all your news. We don't flood the timeline with a bunch of pointless news. Like when there's smaller stuff, we will compile them into fight size updates that go at the beginning and uh beginning of the morning and towards the evening as well. Because while we want your clicks, we don't want to make it a nuisance per se. Always join in on our live coverage. We have forums over there. Always giving stuff away in the forums, doing contests, predictions. You all can ask us anything. You can make site suggestions. I'm doing news updates all the time on our YouTube page. Check that out, youtube.com slash fightful. You can thumbs us up, subscribe, all that good stuff. Anna, tell the people about your new Most Ridiculous episode.
2: Yeah, Most Ridiculous Survivor Series special. It includes uh, breaking news. It includes a special Who's Your Daddy investigation and a special little segment to Miss Talesworth. That will soon be uh, pinned to my Twitter, so if you want to check it out there. Otherwise, my YouTube, uh, just type in Annabelle. I'm not too sure what my address is on there. And apart from that, um, if you're in or around the Perth area in Western Australia, this coming Saturday is EPW's Reawakening 16. It is going to be awesome. And you should definitely come be there. Come say hi, hang out, and watch some incredible wrestling at EPW on Twitter, EPWPerth.com. I am so tired.
0: Excited to check that out. I am too, my friend. Alex, tell the people what you're up to these days. You're writing Gumbrella articles.
3: Yeah, what an article about uh, Marty Skrull's gunbrella, which is a terrible merchandising idea. Uh, I do want to say, five minutes ago, Braun Strowman allayed all of our fears that he might be becoming too much of a babyface when he tweeted T shirts don't buy you trust or loyalty. I'm only on one team. Hashtag Team Braun.
0: And well, apparently apparently the Survivor Series set was on Team SmackDown because I don't know if you saw it, but Triple H walked right into it and fell flat on his ass as he was leaving.
3: Oh, man. Braun messed him up good. I yeah. cannot wait for tomorrow night's Raw. It's going to be great.
0: Guys, as always, send any suggestions you all have for the site, for the podcast to me at Sean Ross Sapp, to us at Fightful Online. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. Submit your questions as always. You can head over to the forums at forum.fightful.com or just over at fightful.com. We have everything there very conveniently for you. Uh, our great team has just put this site together for me. We've added descriptions to the, to the stories. Anything that I've asked for, they've made happen. So if you all want it, we will make it happen. MMA, Pro Wrestling, Boxing, it's all at one place. And you can separate what you don't what you do and don't like. Uh definitely check us out tomorrow night after Raw. Until next time, guys, we're out.